0: Amen. Praise God. Give the Lord praise. Go ahead and worship him. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. I tell you what, that's great worship. Jonathan, man. He's he's one of my favorite. I tell you what. I, he is. Yeah. I mean, I just thank the Lord. Known him. I've known y'all for a long time. Amen. Late nineties. I mean, it was just um Angela, uh, till we've just um Enjoyed them, and just a great church right here. Amen. I tell you what, it is good. I saw Kyle here, cowboy hat. Did you know people are afraid of California people moving to Texas? Because they're afraid they're going to change our politics. I could sneak him into Dallas easy. I could get him. Yeah, right. I said, the ones I know in California... I do. They're all right. I tell you what, you know. Amen. Praise God. Well, I tell you, it is so good to be here and to praise God. Amen. Amen. To worship God. Amen. Just to know that there's a church like this right here. I don't believe there's a whole lot of them like you around here. Amen. People come to California. Where can to go to church? Where do you go? I know Living Waters. I'm preaching there in Chino tonight. And um I know, you know. There's few, even in Texas, um, it's gone the way of it all too. And uh, our church, there's few. I pastor in Whitney, Texas, uh, not far from Waco. Amen. Uh, Been hot, 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 but it's starting to cool off. Amen. Jordan come got me today. I was telling him about it. Amen. I tell you what, it's a beautiful presence of God here, and I have so, so looked forward to being here. I've been praying and seeking the Lord. And I've just I brought a few things. I know when preachers come, they bring things to you know maybe expand the ministry a little bit, amen. But my wife, as you mentioned, passed away. I was married forty five years and ten months, and um, she's been gone about sixteen months. She recorded. She is a great musician, singer. Uh, I tell you what, I had I had it all right there, playing music and singing all these kind of things. And she recorded this. Uh, actually, it was so long ago, as a CD. And uh, we went to Baton Rouge, Louisiana, where Reverend Swaggart's got his uh, studio. And a man that I know, Mark Coleman there, invited us to come and for her to do a a CD, uh, music. And so he took our old one and made it digitized. And uh, this one here, uh, she she sang these songs, I'd rather have Jesus, I lean on you, midnight cry, this world is not my home. I know a man, heaven knows, he is here. There's still power in the blood, blessed assurance, what a friend we have in Jesus. Amen. You can listen to that by yourself. I know the CDs, if you've got a computer downloaded or something like that into that, this is the one she recorded in Baton Rouge. Uh, we got there. This is the last thing she had strength to do. After this, she couldn't go anymore. And so we went to Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and uh, this one here, his life from mine. He hideth my soul. You know that song was over 100 years old? But i tell you what, you never heard it like this. It's in the blues style. Hey, Amen. That's one of my favorites right there. And um, I will reign upon your desert, faithful to the end. How great and wonderful. She wrote that while she was sick. And her, she had cancer, and she wrote that one. And I, I got to get it copyrighted before somebody else gets it. And this one here, I'll be all right. Who am I? Your cry has awoken the master. God on the mountain. Meeting in the air, that's a melody of music, and so I brought some of these. I hope I got some more at the hotel and um, in case, and I got a book that I wrote. I wrote some books, and as Jonathan mentioned, some historical and some hysterical uh, and stuff too in here. Uh, this one here is Help is on the Way. Amen. Aren't you glad to know Help's on the Way? Amen. You can make it if you know. Help's on the way. And I tell you what, no matter what you're going through today, God hears your prayer and the help is on the way. Amen. And in this book, I, I did unique here. I took Saul. You know, King Saul's a bad guy in the Bible. But he wasn't always bad. He started out good. And did you know we missed the good things he did? He messed up. But his life's a warning what not to do. But it is showing you how God will vindicate you. You live for God. He'll vindicate you. My titles are pursuing donkeys and finding your destiny. The making of a leader. Here comes trouble. Don't give up without a fight. Help us on the way and vindicate it. And all this stuff is $15 each. And if you want them, they're back there on the table. And um, you can get them at Amazon. But um, I'd rather you get them here if you can until we run out. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. You can go to iTunes and get her her music, and so uh, we've got it covered there. But praise God. I, I prayed. I've never preached this message before. I didn't pull out something out of the hat. Amen. I tell you what, Jane is here. Jane, where are you at? There she is. You see that lady right there? I met her in Russia in 1992. She translated for me. Amen. I hadn't seen Jane in I don't know how long. And I tell a I knew her by her smile. Amen. We had such a great time. We went to Russia in 1992, a year after the fall of the Soviet Union. And uh, Brother Clendenin, as he started to introduce me as, I'd let him. Uh, but, you know, we went in there and, uh, with him and across the Soviet Union. When I was growing up, I was n- nothing more feared than the Soviet Union. And I told people I'm going to Russia, and they said, got to watch out for those people over there. I found some of the greatest people on earth. They were prisoners to a system, a socialist, a communist. But I tell you what, the gospel went across that nation. Amen. I preached from Siberia all the way across into that place. We saw, Jane, we saw thousands saved. We would have meetings packed to the house, everybody come to the Lord. We try to talk them out of it to make sure that they knew. I mean, during those years, we saw, you know, my lifetime. I, I wasn't there in the book of Acts, but that was the next thing to the book of Acts. We saw a move of God that uh, I just thank God. that let me live and let me be part of it. And um, I went and we went and we went to Armenia. Uh, Armenia is a little old country. It used to be part of the Soviet Union. And um, and it was in close to Turkey, uh, Mount Ararat, where the ark landed. We preached all around there and saw amazing things. And I thank God. And we met people and... I preached on divine connection last year, last week. How much it makes a difference, and I, I thank God for Jane and the ones like her. They, they made it possible uh, for us. You know, I remember we first came to Russia, and some of the translating the girls had been to England to learn how to speak English, and we come in from the south, and they said, "You don't speak English. (laughs) (laughs) We're not British." Clendenin said, oh, we took that and perfected that language, you know. But uh, they did great. They made it possible. They were our mouthpiece over there. We were able to preach across there. And uh, I do know what, uh, just in God's economy, how that there are tens of thousands that are in the saved, many of them in heaven now, because of the gospel. It's a good gospel. Yeah. Amen. I thank the Lord. I thought of the scripture leaving the room this morning where Paul said in Philippians chapter 3, I press toward the mark. Right. Amen. I've got a lot behind me, but right now it's it's memories, but right now from here to the rapture or if I die, that's what matters. i got to make this part count. This is what matters right here where you're at from now, not just of the things that have happened to you, but where you're at, press, keep progressing forward. It's like that man in that race, leaning forward. And keep going. This is the most important because it's the end. That's right. This is, from the rest of your life on, is the most important part. Amen. I'm going to read out of the book of Galatians. Pastor, thank you again for having me. And, uh, Galatians chapter 1 in your Bibles. And I want to preach on this title, God's salvage yard. Amen. God's salvage yard. You know, the earth, the Bible says lies and wickedness. That you look across, everybody's broken, whether they're rich or the homeless. Everybody is broken. There's something affecting them, something in the past, something that's going on in their life. And and you look, and God has come to this place, and and it's a salvage yard. I remember growing up in the 60s and 70s, and we had, and I had about not quite 20,000 people south of Fort Worth in Stephenville, Texas. And we had three huge wrecking yards, old wrecked cars that come in. And you'd come in, and back then, you could work on your own car. You could tell, I mean, they made it where you can't now. Most of it's scrap. And they had all of these wrecked cars, acres of them stacked on top of each other. And my brothers older than me, they built hot rods, and we worked on cars. And my dad, uh, we were poor, so he was always shade tree mechanic working on the car and we'd go to the wrecking yard and I'd, I as a kid I just remember going there the the floor was dirt there was so much oil on it and people stepped on it it looked like a thin layer of pavement it smelt like gasoline it smelt like a, a welding machine uh, it had all of these kind of smells going on inside of it and you go in and, and you look around and you and you had a police scanner reason I had that, because a man hear about a wreck, he'd jump in the wreck and run out to the wreck and get the car, and they'd get the first one there. Amen. There was the sounds of it and the smell of it, and I still hear it and smell it and think about all these things. And look at those cars. You go through, and they're stacked, and they're stacked, broken windshields, crushed. Somebody said, boy, nobody could have survived that one. But you say, what was the use of that? Because there were usable parts, and people had taken, and, and you'd buy it, and you'd come home, and, and you'd put it together. And, and like I say, the hot rods. You know, California, I think of California, I think of hot rods. But I found out they've outlawed them out here. Hey, Amen. Boy, y'all got to change this deal here. I mean, that disc- I mean, the Beach Boys, all that's gone, you know. But uh, I think I was thinking how the cars and, you know, a hot rod, you could take a Model A, modify it, and go 100 miles an hour. And did you know God takes pieces of, of lives, and he puts us together. Hey, Amen. What well, might look like junk and salvage and of no value That God sees a value in our lives. Would you stand together a moment? Just a couple of verses in Galatians chapter 1. We're going to go down to verse number 3 here. And I think about how cars were demolished and all these things. But you see, lives are demolished. Ruined and wrecked. This is the good news of the gospel. That he can come and he takes us and puts us together. In Galatians chapter 1, verse 3, grace be unto you and peace from God the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present evil world. I want to read that again, verse 4 who gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present evil world, according to the will of God and of our Father. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen, amen. Lift your hands and praise him this morning. Forever and ever, Lord, we'll praise you. Thank you, Lord God, that you gave yourself to save me from my sins and to deliver me from this present evil world. ask you to bless the reading and ministry of your word Ask for the anointing of your Holy Spirit. Lord God, give us ears to hear. Lord, we give you all the praise and the glory. In Jesus' name, amen praise God God's salvage yard you may be seated God's still in the business of salvaging lives Jesus came to show us show us what God was like the Old Testament you, didn't, you read about God and you've seen what the prophets said but when Jesus came he was God manifest in the flesh and you saw what God thought you heard what God said He demonstrated God to us. What he thought about situations was not what Pharisees thought about it or priests thought about it. It was what Jesus showed us. And he came into lives to find those that were broken. He finds people like the woman at the well. I mean, the woman caught in the act of adultery. They were going to stone to death. And he come and seen him as salvage to bring them together. That in three and a half years, you find a woman named Mary Magdalene possessed of seven demons. How could she have gotten herself into that shape? She got herself into something she couldn't get out of. Impossible. But he delivered her. He saved her life, saved her soul. And she washes his feet. With her tears and and kisses him because of the joy, and you find the woman as I said at the well. You find you find a man that's in the tombs that lives in the graveyard, and he's there named Legion. He's got an army of demons inside of him. Nobody could help him. Nobody would break the chains, but Jesus came on purpose to him. Did you know Jesus came on purpose for you? Amen. He come for you. Hey, man, he'd come for me. He'd come, and he set this man free. And the man said, let me follow you everywhere. He said, no, go home and tell everybody what I've done for you, what God did. I could imagine whenever Legion went back home. I mean, the man's got his right mind. He's got clothes on. If you had a wife come up to the door, she thought, I'd never see him again. Who are you? I'm that man that had to leave. If you had parents, what happened to you? Mom and dad. A man came for me. I didn't know how to find him, but he looked me up. How many know God knew you before you knew him? Amen. He wouldn't look for you when you wasn't looking for him. Amen. He found you. He salvaged you. He brought you in. I'm going to read out of Ezekiel. This is one of my favorite preaching spots here. That he come for the broken. He come that we might have life. You know, here's the fact. It means that you can... Have a different life. You know, this is to sum it up. You think, well, does he just help me? The fact is, you can have a different life. You can have a different life. Now, that's a, an amazing thing. You know, we need help, but we need more than help. David said, created me a right spirit. I need more than help. Boneyard. I'm going to go back to the biggest boneyard you ever read Ezekiel 37 and verse number one. The Bible speaks this is a vision a vision that is here, uh, but it's true. There's, there's an interpretation, there's application. When you read the Bible, there's one interpretation. Whenever it says that Sarah is going to have a baby when she's about 100 years old, that's interpretation. But the application is, if God can do that for her, he can do it for me. You ever heard that song, Every Promise in the Book is Mine? I've had people say, well, I don't like that song because not every promise in the book's mine. I'm not going to have a baby like Sarah. No, no. It's either for you or to you. Every promise is either for you or to you. Amen. If it's to you, you're Sarah. But I you, it wasn't to me, but it's for me. When I read these promises, I say, God, it might not be the Red Sea I need opened up. That's to the children of Israel. But it's for me because you're a God that can do it. So every promise in the book is yours if you're a believer. Amen. Amen. It's either to you or for you. Now here in this passage of Scripture, Ezekiel 37, verse 1, The hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of a valley which was full of dry bones and caused me to pass by them round about. Behold, they were very many in the open valley, and, lo, they were very dry. Boy, they've been there a long time. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest again. He said unto me, Prophesy unto these bones, and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord unto these bones. Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and ye shall live, and I will lay sinew upon you, and will bring upon you flesh, upon you, and cover you with skin and put breath in you, and ye shall live, and ye shall know that I am the Lord. Amen. What a word. This is to the nations of Israel and Judah. Their hope was dead. See, when you lose your hope, you've lost everything. And it's possible for a believer who's been saved, filled the Holy Ghost, seen miracles, to go through trials till you have no hope left. You can lose hope. You now, we need faith, of course, but hope, without hope, we're hopeless. You know, enemy wants to destroy your hope. You know, you come up and you make the statement, there's no hope. A hopeless feeling's a terrible thing, and here there's nothing more hopeless than what you're looking at here. You got dry bones. This man, Ezekiel, in this vision, he's walking through them, and they're not just skeletons. They're bones scattered all over the place. I mean, they've been there a long time. They're dry. See, some of the things that have happened, happened to you a long time ago. They may have happened to you when you were a child. may have happened to you when you got a divorce. It might have happened to you whenever somebody attacked you. It might have happened to you, and that was a long time ago, and now the bones are very dry. Amen. The betrayal and all the things that have happened, very, very dry. And Look at this and say, well, this didn't happen. It feels like it just happened yesterday. And you hear the story like that 20 years ago. That was happened then. But I tell you what, there's hope for dry bones. Right. Amen. 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 You see, it wasn't just somebody dying. Well, how long have they been dead? About an hour. Maybe we can get them to come back. Let's see if we can do something, a procedure, and sometimes it might. Well, praise God. I mean, when they're bones, man, that's bad. I've seen places like that. I've been in the catacombs under Lima Peru. It's like that. Guatemala City. It's like that. One church that we won't name, they kill Indians if they didn't convert. And their bones are stacked on top of each other, on top of each other. I mean, it's a gruesome place, but I was thinking about how he walked through this and he said, Can these bones live again? Smart manual, you know he answered, Lord, thou knowest. Amen. See, God asked questions, not because he didn't know the answer. He never asked you something. He always knows. A lawyer never asked you a question. He knows the answer. You see, remember that. You might need it someday. Amen. <laughs> but, but God asked, can these bones live again? You look at people. You look at some of your lives. Thank God, could they ever live? And somebody said, no, there's no hope. There's nothing they can do. There's nothing. And he said, Lord, thou knowest. And God said, prophesy. Prophesy means preach. How shall they accept the preaching of the word? See, preaching is God's idea. Church is all over. They're working hard to get rid of the preaching. You know why? Because people, I don't want to go to church and hear preaching. What do you go to church for? That's right. Amen. Uh, man, that's nuts, you know. Uh, you go out, I, I don't want to go to church because they preach. Hey, that's what we do. We're preachers. Right. You're a preacher. Tell what God done for you. Right. Amen. God chose the preaching. Hear the word it'll set you free. That's why it's taken out. Well, we we want to do it different. I don't care if you're different. Preach the word however you do it. Amen. You preach that word, and the faith comes by hearing. See, once that word goes out, but it's got to be an ear to hear. God's got mouthpieces, but then the Holy Spirit will open your ear, and you say, I've heard that a million times, but I just heard it. And when you hear, not with your ears only, but with your heart, then you get saved. For the heart, man, believes in righteousness, and with the mouth, confession made to salvation. I've never been an atheist. Man, I tell you, I was raised in a Pentecostal church. One thing I knew, hell was hot, and I was going there. I knew as a God, and I didn't have no doubt about that. I'll tell you what. I'm no atheist. I was scared to death as a sinner, but I knew that. But when I heard, I didn't hear the part about God would save me. I never knew God loved me. You say, where'd you go to church? I won't tell you, but i tell you what. I never knew God loved me. I thought, man, this God, he, he can't stand. He's just going to tolerate me. And I mean, some days he must not like me a lot, you know. I didn't even know he wanted me. But did you know God wants you? God wants you to make it? How many of God wants you? You say, he wouldn't want me. He wants you. And he wants you to make it to the kingdom of God. I mean, how much more can he prove that than that Jesus came, died, rose again? That's right. I mean, you know, see, well, nobody wants me. Well, that doesn't matter as long as you know God wants you. Now, let's get back here these dry bones. I mean, they're dried up. They're dried up life. And I'm still going to read out of Ezekiel, but I'm going to go over to 1 Peter chapter 5 and just talk there a minute. You preach the word, and if somebody hears it. You know, I've been preaching a, a long time, as pastor said. And people have asked me, said, well, maybe you ought to stop now that everything's happened, and maybe I, I can't quit. Amen. Won't you sell out and just go? I, I can't. Amen. You know, I mean, I've had people say, you've earned it. And other people say what you've been through, nobody'd blame you. But the thing is, I still won't, because i tell it again. I might preach to a thousand, and none of them hear, then I preach to one, and they hear somebody is going to hear when we were in Russia we went up to a city I'm not going to pronounce my Russian today because Jane would know but we got their first revival first tent we put up we had a thousand people we'd preach in the morning we'd preach in the evening we'd preach Brother Clendenin said now these people they had not heard the gospel they had Orthodox church and a priest that would forgive your sins, or may not forgive your sins, or he might, you know, want your milk cow to get you to heaven or you go to hell or purgatory, and then they got another debt and all this junk. I mean, just the gospel. They hadn't heard it. And so brother Clinton said, he said, pray for the sick every every service. He said, somebody get healed. And I didn't say it, I didn't dare address it. I'm thinking, how do you know somebody's gonna get healed? He said, You keep preaching the word. And so we had a they had a hospital there. So I went over to the hospital. They're using needles that they're sharpening back up. I mean, they had a man in the hospital. They used a hacksaw and cut his leg off and gave him morphine. I said, what are you going to do? Well, if he's alive in the morning, we'll see. Oh, man, I talk to you about a spooky place. That hospital was. They checked out the hospital. Kept coming. we pray. I mean, it was the summertime, so it was daylight. 11 o'clock, it was as light as it is here. People kept coming, kept coming. We'd pray for them, pray for them, and then we'd have testimony. I mean, one after the other. they had Everybody there had a headache, probably nuclear leaks of some kind. I don't know. One girl had scoliosis, a crooked spine. I laid these hands on her, and God, straightened her spine straight out. How? God, hearing the word, preach, preach, preach every time. Amen. They were Soviet soldiers came. I mean, one, I guess he had a lieutenant or something, a young man came in the service, and he sat there, full uniform, and he got saved the first time I preached. And I said, bring somebody with you. And he ordered all of his men to come to church. And so they're there. And I tell you, that young Soviet, uh, I think uh, Afghanistan, one of the wars that they were in, all getting ready to go. And I he got saved. It was such a testimony. And I, I, I called him a Cornelius, the centurion. And how that, that, that young man was saved and hearing the gospel, it so changed everything about him. And I don't know if he got killed or whatever happened to him. But I was thinking, he heard. You see, these bones, they're dry. They're dead. They're old. I mean, but prophesy to them prophesied to them and that's amazing that's why I have confidence in the word of God I've been to a lot of countries gone in and I knew somebody gets saved I'm flown over cities with people Guatemala City we're flying in there's a volcano there and I'd say there's somebody down there that's lost but they're going to be saved when we leave how do I know because they haven't heard but something in here is going to hear amen that's God's salvage yard the world is a is a wrecking yard It's a wrecking yard. I mean, people are wrecked and they're ruined. Amen. But he is the one that come to salvage lives. Amen. Leave these countries and and people save. People change lives. And we always establish a church. You know, people are down on the church. But I tell you, if you don't put a church in these countries, you haven't done anything. You go back in a year, you'll never know you've been there. But we would always start a church. From those students. Amen. We'd start a, stu- a church. Let me get in a scripture. 1 Peter chapter 5. 1 Peter 5 and verse 6. Humble yourself therefore under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Casting all your care upon him. Notice that. For he cares for you. Amen. Can you say amen? amen? Did you know God cares for you? Yeah, Be sober. Be vigilant on the vigil because your adversary, the devil, is a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour, whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. Notice verse 10. But the God of all grace, somebody say all grace, who have called us on his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, make you perfect, Establish, strengthen, settle you. Amen. If you allow God to start something in you this morning, He'll finish it. If you'll open your heart and let God allow Him to start something in your life before you leave, whether you're getting saved or if you're saved, God to start delivering you. If you allow Him to start it, He'll finish it. Now, notice this word perfect here in your Bible. How many of I read perfect? Oh, don't read that word. No, you got to understand this word in the Greek. This word in the Greek means to put you back together. It's like it's like you got a crystal glass, very expensive crystal glass, and you take it and got a concrete floor, and you drop it. It's going to shatter into minute pieces. Sweep it up, but don't go barefooted. There's still a piece around. How could you put that back together? When the word perfect there means I can take a shattered and put it back together. Amen. Amen. I know he's done it for me, and he's still doing it. Amen. After, after you've suffered a while. I told the Lord the other day, hey, Lord, I've suffered a while. (laughs) I'm ready. I'm ready. Amen. Praise God. You know, Jesus talked about those in the grave will hear his voice and come alive. Do I believe this could happen? I'm believing for eternity. Amen. Amen. I see what it's got to work. It's got to work now, oh, I don't have much hope then. If I can't get it to work now, how do I know it'll work then? That's right. Amen. Oh man, you see what I'm saying? Well, I know the rapture is going to happen. I know we're going to have judgment, and all these kind of things. I know, but I need it to work now. When it works now, it lets me know. Praise God, it's going to work when I really, really need it. I need it now, but I'm going to need it one of these days real bad. The mercy and the blood of Jesus. Amen. For sure going to have to know. Amen. Have to know this. Now, Ezekiel 37 here in verse 7. Talking to these bones. All these bones. Dried up lives. Salvage yard. What a spooky place. I mean, who were these people in this vision? That's Israel I know and Judah I know. But, you know, I want to make it personal. You got these people in all of their lives and whoever they were then before and they died and bones piled like a wrecking yard, like a salvage yard. And Ezekiel's walking through it. And he said, talk to these bones. Talk here. Talk to the wind. Ezekiel 37, 7. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise. And behold, a shaking. And the bones came together. Bone to his bone. Don't you know that was loud? Amen. And when I beheld low sinew, or tenions, a uh, flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them above, but there was no breath in them. Then said he unto me, Prophesy unto the wind. Oh, I've done that. Prophesy, son of man. And say to the wind, Thus saith the Lord, God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as I was commanded. He commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood up on their feet, an exceeding great army. I'm going to say praise God. Reminds me of the day of Pentecost when 120 fearful, doubtful, scared people gathered up a room called on the day of Pentecost. And there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. They appeared to them like cloven tongues. It's like. You know why Pentecost is so different? Because there's nothing like it ever happened. Nothing in the Old Testament. The Mount of Transfiguration, turning the water into wine. Nothing was like the day of Pentecost. These people had followed Jesus. They denied him. They had lied. They run off. They were scared. They didn't know what to do. He's getting ready to go back to heaven, they said. And then he goes back to heaven and out of their sight. And he said, go back to Jerusalem and wait until you're filled with the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit, he was here at creation. He's always here, but he was given. And here they presented 120 presented vessels. The, the, I mean, it was a salvage yard. They were messed up. Yes. They were scared. They're on the government's top list. They killed Jesus. Now they're after his followers. You know how they run off? Peter lied. They, all of them denied him. I mean, all of this, and they're waiting there. They're waiting there. Jesus had breathed on them and said, Receive ye the Holy Spirit. Now they had not received yet because he hadn't been given yet. Now what Jesus told them to do, they're about to experience Nothing like it ever happened before. That's why Luke uses the term like unto, as a rushing mighty wind. He said it's not exactly that, but it's like that. I feel like God's about to do something in somebody's life here that there's nothing ever been happening to you like it. I believe he's going to do something that there's no point of reference That it's nothing you're going to say it was like he did to me for me or like this happened. I believe it for myself and as I was praying this message, I believe somebody here that God's going to do something and it's unlike anything you've ever experienced in your whole life. How many let God do that? Amen. It don't have to be like 10 years ago. It don't have to be like last year. God, I'm here and so they're filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen, the power of God Like here, that wind that came through And breathed and life came On the day of Pentecost Life came into that upper room yes. Hallelujah The wind blew The sound of a rushing, mighty wind I don't know if they really blew But it sounded like it When a tornado comes in Texas It sounds like a freight train The engine of it It sounds like, but it's not a freight train But it sounds like God do something in your life totally scriptural, but it's like any, not like anything He's ever done before. Amen. God wants to take us to a new level. Amen. Holy Ghost makes us alive. I want to turn. I got a couple of scriptures. Another Old Testament, Jeremiah, chapter eighteen. You know, I I've, I've learned. I'm He's still learning. Amen. Um, one man said he got his education completed when he got out of college. I've never quit learning. Amen. Um, right. It's a constant thing with Christ. You, you can be in this. You can be in this. I'm still talking about the dry bones. I'll get back to that. we we'll are just kind of jump around the Bible. All right, it's, all right. it's all right. Amen. Yeah. Amen. I know the professor at the seminary okay, can't do that. Well, don't tell him anyway, okay? <laughs> Amen. But I, I think about how God takes us and, and molds us and, I've had people say, you're not the same as you were. I'm not. You can't go through things and be the same. You can't go through a war and a battlefield. You can't go through that and come back, well, you're not like you used to be. No, you can't go through it. I found out it's not just soldiers that have been watching their buddies die. When you watch your wife die with cancer, it does about the same thing to you. When you lose a child, it does something to you. When you've been falsely accused, when you, whenever, it does something to you. Amen. It changes. Well, you're not like it was. I'm, I'm not. I, I probably got more compassion than I ever had because I need mercy. Amen. You know what mercy is? You're not getting what you deserve. Grace is you. Grace is getting what you don't deserve. Grace is getting what you don't deserve. Mercy is getting what you don't deserve. Let me say that. See, if you, I mean, I'm want to take this out of the CD. Oh, it's live anyway. But you think about it. You have mercy. Uh, you know, people say, give me what I deserve. Mercy would be you not getting what you deserve. Grace would be getting something. I never deserved the goodness of God. That got it down. Okay. Amen. You understand what I'm talking about? So we need grace and we need mercy. Amen. Amen. We need both of that. Boy, that college seminary guy is going to get after me bad. He's probably already laughed and turned the television off, but that's okay. Amen. You're listening. But you go, you go by and you, you think about how that God all through the Bible has types, shadows, and you know, the potter's house. Go to the potter's house, Jeremiah. We are the clay and he's, he's the master. We're in the pot, He's the potter, and we're the clay. Amen. He's molding us and shaping us. I mean, constantly. You know, as long as you stay pliable and soft, he can keep changing you. It's when people get hard and they break and they go to potter's field. I mean, they're old broken pottery. You know, one of the things about broken people's lives, you got to be careful when you mess with their lives because you can get cut on the pieces. You see what I'm saying? Some people go right after you. If you're going, going through something, you're broken. Boy, they pounce on you. They, they, I mean, they'll they see you taking this bad. I mean, they didn't come to help you. They come to work you over pretty good. But you see, you don't want to touch those spot, spots, those broken pieces. But God can put us back together. And I looking at this clay. This clay here in Jeremiah. Just one verse. I'll tell you the rest. Jeremiah 18.4. He says... And the vessel that was made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again, another vessel, as seemed good to the potter to make it. Amen. That's, that's us. He's molding us and shaping us and all of this. And then, you know, the touch of the potter's hand, probably his thumb. He says, right there, there there's something not right. There's, there's a spot here. And what does he do? Throw it away? Does he throw it away? No. He makes it again. He might have to smash it down and start it over again. But I thank God he didn't throw the clay away. Can you say amen? Praise God. Amen. Let's go on here in Ezekiel. Amen. I just want, I read that this morning, so I'm going to put that in there. Amen. That valley, valley bones here, this valley of bones. This is was fulfilled in one sense in May the 48th, 1948, whenever Israel became a nation again. Everything taken. You know, Valley of Dry Bones to me represent when it seems everything is lost, everything has gone away from you. Your old life as you knew it is gone. But it's also letting me know life can come back around. I look, my life as I knew it is all gone. All of that's gone. I had a good life. Very good life. I'm thankful for what's left. But actually, not much of any of it. You know, uh, the vision here is true. Everything in life can be taken from you. But God's got a way of bringing it back around. Amen. When Jesus came walking to them and walked with them three and a half years, he did things he had never seen anybody do before. They'd never seen it. You know, when manna fell from heaven, you know what manna means? Somebody said bread. It don't mean bread. Manna means what is it? What is it? They had never seen that. Pick up that. Manna, what are you picking up? I don't know. What is it? I don't know. I need it. But I tell you what, he does things, and I'm excited God's going to do things I don't know. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Ezekiel here. still in 37th chapter. You with me? Amen. Go down to the 11th verse of this. Then said he unto me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dried and our hope is lost. Oh, that's people today, isn't it? We are cut off from our parts. I mean, the leg bone wasn't close to the ankle bone. Everything's lost, scattered. Therefore prophesy and say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, O my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come out of your graves and bring you into the land of Israel. And you shall know that I am the Lord, which have opened your graves, O my people, and brought you up out of your graves, and shall put my spirit in you. And you shall live, and I shall place you, notice this, in your own place in the land, in your own land. Then shall you know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it, saith the Lord. Notice here, I'll open the grave. Open this grave. And he said, I'm only God can do that. And and I know that'll happen at the rapture. Amen. The dead in Christ shall rise. Be caught up together with him in the clouds. Do we ever be at the Lord? But I tell you what, there's people living emotionally in graves. Hey, man, when I was 20 years old, I heard an old Baptist preacher in Abilene, Texas. His name was Vance Havner. I was 20. He is, I had toward 100. I'm sure he looked like it. (laughs) Many people, he said, are in a rut. And a rut is nothing but a grave with both ends kicked out. That that old guy had some thoughts. He said "A a a a rut, you know, a rut is, you know, we're thankful for what we got. We're thankful for what the Lord's doing. Amen. We're content with what God's doing. But also in that contentment, we want to do everything God wants us to have. See, it's not wrong to want more from God. Did you know that? It's not wrong to want more. He wants us to. A run is like a grave with both ends missing. You can't get out of it by sitting there, by running either direction, backward or forward. The only way to escape it is to climb out of it. Amen. This, in, this phrase implies that you can be stuck in a rut, but you can be limited as if you were in a grave. Come in agreement with God. Come in agreement with God is what I'm saying today. And walk in that agreement with Him. Amen. Hey man, that, that I, you know, I got another message I started to preach, but I'll just tell you the end of it. In agreement with God. Tell you what, when we come in agreement with God, Amen, what he thinks about things. That's when things start working. How can two walk together except they agree? Enoch, he walked with God. He was in agreement with God. I Man, that guy walked so close to God one day. God said, Enoch, it's closer to my house than yours. Won't you come home with me? Amen. Amen. He didn't even die. He went on to heaven. That's right. I've never met anybody that close. But anyway, but there's power in that, in that agreement. Amen. God is in the salvage business. Praise God, he, he starts and, and starts putting lives back together, marriages, homes, relationships in families. I do want it. Wouldn't it be great if the kids could all get along with each other and all the family could get along? I'd love to see that. You know, Noah had, there were eight on that boat him and his wife, the sons and the daughter in law. They say, ah, he was a failure. Tell you what, you get all your family in that boat, heaven. Praise God. And they say, I'm no failure there. I'd be excited about that. Amen. Amen. But you see here today, there there is that that connection. And that there is that that salvage of God. And and moving on to another level. God God wants us to go. You know, never stop. Never stop. He saved you. Filled you the Holy Ghost. Spoken tongues, prophesied, felt God run, Amen. But you know He wants to take you further than that, Amen. Amen. He He said, I, "I've I've saved you for a purpose, not just to go to heaven someday. So I saved you for a purpose, and I want to find out what that purpose is, Amen. I want to follow on to know Him." So I said, "I don't know how much longer I've got from here to the grave or to the rapture. May not be far. It may be a lot further than I think it is." But it's the most important. I've got a long ways behind me. I can look back and glean from it. But I've got to forget what people have done, what people have said, all of the bad breaks, all of the things that have happened. Hey Amen. And sit there and think of it over and over and, and, and I heard about it again. I thought, God, I hurt for this thing before. Why do I have to do it again? He said, you don't have to. He said, press on. Amen. The most important part of your life, you've been salvaged. If you haven't been, you can be this morning. If there's anybody here and you say, I don't know whether I'm going to heaven or hell, you can settle that before you get out of here. Amen. Well, I don't believe anybody knows. That's because you don't know. But when you know, you know that you know. Amen. Jesus has paved the way. He's made the way. He's the one that's coming to this salvage yard, this wrecking yard of a world Amen. to save us out of this. He said, I said, God, I'm awful broken up. Look like one of them 1969 cars that rolled about four times and crushed and nobody could live through. He said, I'll take that wreck. I'll take that wreck and I'll make it anew. I'll make it new. Amen. Amen. I'll take it. I'll make it go 100 miles an hour again newness of life, not just a fixed-up life, but a new life. But you got to give him your old one. you got to give him who you are. Amen. And let him. Let him finish. So if you're saved, how many know you're saved this morning? Amen. Well, then you want to finish from here on, right? You, he salvaged you. So you want to go from here this morning all the way to the prize, the high calling of God, and you want to finish up exactly Everything. I tell you, I'm thinking about one of the men in the Bible, you know. um, know, I had had Moses and and, and his associate, Joshua. Joshua took over. Joshua was almost perfect, not quite. But I do what, old Joshua, 80 years old, he come in and took over Moses. He didn't let unbelievers stop him like Moses did. He went on in, and he got ready to die. You see, the final words are the most important. What are you going to say, Joshua. He says to that younger generation looking at him, he said, I, I was in Egypt born a slave. But a man of God came and opened up and brought us out of deliverance. Ten miracle plagues. He says, I watched the Red Sea open up both sides. He said, I've walked on dry ground through that Red Sea. I turned around and saw an army destroyed. Uh, the manna that fell out of heaven. Amen. He said, I walked 40 years with unbelievers. But I went into the promised land. And he said, not one good promise God gave to Moses failed. How many would like to check out of here without one promise not been filled? I mean, every, every promise he has for your life. You got food. Any promises left? That's all of them. Well, I'm ready to go. Amen. Would you lift your hands and praise Him with me this morning? Let's all stand together. Lift our hands and praise Him here today. Hallelujah. Praise God. I thank you, Jesus. God's salvage yard, that's us today. Hallelujah. He's come to save us. Amen. He's come for us. Amen. I'm going to pray. We're going to do, let God do a work. But I mentioned in this crowd, there could be somebody that came this morning and you are not ready to go. If you died, you don't know where you'd go. Or some of you say, oh, I know where I'd go. wouldn't be good. If Jesus has provided to the cross his death, he died his sins for your sins. He rose from the dead. Amen. He's alive. He paid the price if you'll accept him as your Lord and your Savior. He'll apply that to your account and save you this morning. Amen. Anybody here? I don't, I don't think any of you would be bashful to do anything like this. But I want you to come and raise your hand. Say, preacher, pray for me. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want Jesus to come in my heart this morning. I want to give my life to him. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a wreck. I'm a wreck. I need him to salvage my life. Anyone? Anyone, anybody here? Amen. If you want me to pray with you, I'd you to come up right now. Come up right now, and I'm going to pray for you. Yes, sir. Come up right now. I'm going to pray for you, and God will do exactly what he said he'd do. Amen. Others coming here. Another man coming here this morning. Amen. Praise God. What a great, great opportunity right here. Amen. Salvaged. You salvaged us. Praise God. Amen. I'm going to pray for these men right here. Amen. Do y'all do you believe that Jesus has died for you? Do you believe that you know you're a sinner? And you need Him to forgive you. You want Him to come in your heart. Amen. Would everybody pray with me? I want you to pray, but I'm going to pray. But my prayer won't save you. You got to open your heart. You got to pray for yourself. When I pray, I'm just praying to help you. That I want you to pray and I want you to ask Jesus I want you to say something like this Say it out loud Jesus I come to you today I ask for your mercy I ask for your grace Lord I'm a sinner I'm a wreck Oh Jesus please forgive me I believe your blood cleanses me now I ask you to wash me Cleanse me Make me a new creature. Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of all my past. And I give my life to you. I believe that Jesus is risen from the dead. And you said, if I believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead, and I confess with my mouth, the Lord Jesus, you'd save me. And I believe you're going to do that right now. And I ask you to do it for me in the name of Jesus. Amen. Father I just pray for these men That have come up today Lord God we're wrecks We're in the salvaged sheep of life I pray for them as they responded To not me but the Holy Spirit And Lord God I ask God's grace So cover them Lord God that they would know without a doubt When they leave this place That their names are written in the book of life Heavenly Father I pray for them today And, Lord God, I pray your spirit to lead them from this point all the way, either to the grave or the rapture. And, Lord God, your hand to be upon them. I pray that this church would rally around them. And, Lord God, be their strength and help them. Lord, I thank you to do it in the name of Jesus.